all right, let's play myself in. And at this point, I've given up on finding non-lyrical music for everything, so I'm just going to hum. Mm-hmm. I hope someone recognizes that, uh, but it, it fuels my old lady spirit. <laughs> All right, welcome to Abandoned Tact. I'm Angelina, and abandon your tact at the door. This is part three of three. Yay, the end of our series on financial literacy, fiscal financial fasted, and other words that make me sound smart. So, so far we've covered the research question, uh, the grounding theories, and the questions to answer. And that is all in episodes one and two. So go back and watch that first. But today is my favorite part, which is the interview and real-world application, which is so important. Because again, if, if you learn about something and then you just take all that information and you do nothing and just sit there and be sad about the world, like that doesn't help anyone. That just makes you sad about the world. So, so we're going to get to that. I was actually supposed to have two interviews, which I think I mentioned in episode one. So sorry for that. Uh, but we still have a really exciting interview planned with a teacher who teaches financial literacy to high schoolers. And we are going to start getting into that right now. So Tanya, you here? Yes. Hello. Would you like to introduce yourself? What do you do? What's your name? Yeah, I'm Tanya Gardner, and I'm a teacher at Fusion Academy in Columbia, Maryland. And I do teach life skills, um, and that has a concentration with um, financial literacy. So why, why do you think your perspective is important in regards to financial literacy? And you know, what gives you, uh, I don't know, what, is, what gives you the information to, to talk about this? Yeah, um, I think everyone's perspective is important when discussing financial literacy because everyone's perspective is unique. Um, mine is unique in that, um, like you were talking about, around the U.S., um, there's high schools that do not have any financial literacy classes. Um, my high school did not, but I became independently obsessed um, with researching it on my own and then taking classes um, about financial literacy in college. So, um, yeah, it's always just been one of the things that I personally had interest in and I really had to, um, seek out myself. Okay. So that, that leads us very well into my next question for you. And what is your personal experience with financial literacy? If you'd like to continue talking about that. Yeah. Um, like I said, my high school did not have financial literacy classes, um, but I really found um, saving money and the interest in saving and watching just small interest grow on a savings account at a young age. Um, I think I opened my first account at 15 and then, yeah, started my first investment account at 17. And then I went to college. I did take out student loans. Um, I know that's one of the scarier topics with finance right now. Yeah. I also took out too much, um, I would say. I took out more than my tuition because I was advised to, to do so because of the, um, what I, the degree I was getting. 
Um, but at the same time, I learned a lot about loans at that point. Um, still very interested. And then, yeah, just more about sort of my financial um, understanding as I was coming out of school, paying off loans sort of um, as soon as I could. But yeah, that's one of the scarier um, parts just because the U.S. is in uh, a lot of debt with or a lot of student loan debt. Um, yeah. I found that, um, uh, yeah, just kind of paying off as I could. I did do a lot of research after um, how to get those loans paid off as um, quickly as possible and um, ended up buying a home that in Maryland, they have programs that pay off your student loans when you buy your home. So um, last year, I paid off all my loans and bought my first house. That's great. Con congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So that's sort of where I personally am landing with my own sort of self-discovery and financial um, literacy. But I also think, and I, um, I think when you're talking about finance, a lot of people have this, um, I don't know, like there's like a taboo around talking about money. And I think the, the thing that um, everyone should start is just talking about money more candidly, right? We're not going to yeah. learn unless we really have these conversations and you're not going to learn unless you ask someone. And if they're not honest with how they struggled with their finances, how they've had to learn themselves and, you know, reroute themselves through all of the complexities that um, happen, you're, you're really not going to know until you're out there sort of on your own. So I do think financial literacy education is really important as a foundation, but I think the overall conversation, like what you're having on your podcast, is really where um, you can like dig in and find out um, real-world applications. Wow. Well, thank you for that. That's really, that's really important to say. I'm, I'm glad that you touched on that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your students and uh, like what, what you're, they're learning. Uh, importantly, what are some misconceptions about financial concepts that you run into often with your students? Um, yeah, some misconceptions I think that come up is um, anxiety around uh, student loans. I talked about that a little bit. Um, thinking that college is unaffordable um, because most teens are well aware of the surge in um, college costs. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, right. So I think um, having them understand that they can do comparison shopping or they can seek financial aid with their FAFSA or looking into alternative paths um, to getting a degree, I think where we're at discouraging higher education is really unfortunate. So I think under like alleviating some of that anxiety um, is probably the, one of the bigger ones. But um, also, I mean, anything from like how your credit score is um, evaluated each month to uh, investment accounts. Um, one of them, uh, actually I have an example. One of the larger misconceptions I get from my students is when we do a sort of budget, and we talk about savings. Um, most of my students are like, all right, well, now that I, you know, spent all of my, or I pay for all my bill, bills and spent what I thought for that month, I will save what's left over, right? That's the kind of mindset we go into budgeting is, 
let me pay all the bills, let me do this, and then I'll worry about saving mm -hmm. whatever's left over. It's actually, um, research has found that if you do automatic savings at the beginning, you actually save more um, in the end. So if you can figure out and really budget your money to where you're saving first, and then you're paying all of those bills, that's the best way to do it. So just, again, that kind of mindset going into understanding. Yeah. And, and what do you think are mistakes young people, you know, without guidance make uh, oftentimes? And how, how would you correct these mistakes? Like, like mistakes and advice. Okay. Um, I, I guess the biggest mistake would be, um, or the one that I can think of, it would be taking out a credit card before you're ready. Um, because people do have credit debt or credit card debt um, early on. I think a lot of people like in the age bracket you're talking about will um, have some credit card debt in between 18 and 25. Um, so my, my suggestion for that would be to research um, the credit card you are applying for. Um, and then before even really getting the credit card, when you're making purchases, I know we always talk about um, like thinking about if it's a need or a want and really thinking about the longevity of what you're buying, like how long are you going to enjoy it and how long is it going to last? Those are all important things to reflect on. But um, I also like to think about like just keep a journal and if you can kind of tap into your emotion um that you're feeling at the time of that purchase that's really going to give you a lot of insight about how you spend money right so you, like impulse like, spending or spending yeah. to feel better like you want to cut down on that or like if you're just like had a bad day and decide to like treat yourself to you know an, a big lunch and then go to the mall is that how frequently is that happening? And is it always in that same emotion? And mm -hmm. I think after you understand sort of those patterns, you won't, it's less likely that you'll end up um, overspending with a credit card. That um, is, that's a rule of thumb, I think, just don't spend if you don't have it in your account. Um, just, if, yeah. Yeah, at the beginning. So that's a good rule of thumb, I think. All right, yeah. I, I have a couple more questions for you. So you know, take a take a breath, but we're gonna get back into it. Um, so you you mostly te you teach high school students, but uh, what advice would you have for older older people who maybe are already financially stable, but what do you think they might uh, be missing, or what do you think they might be overlooking? Um. Yeah, I think it's never too early to open a retirement account, like a 401k or um, especially if your employer is providing that um, service for you. Um, so look into that. I think a lot of people think retirement, especially in their early twenties and are like, I do not need to even worry about that. What they are missing out on is double um, sort of, you know, double deductions and taxes. That money gets out of their account and is not it's pre-tax and then when they file their taxes at the end they get a deduction for that again <clears throat> so they're missing out on that savings um, which can help them and obviously help them in the long run um, the other thing would be to 
Yeah, just look at investment accounts if you are financially stable and can do that for yourself. Um, that's going to have long-term rewards. And then the last one would be if you know you're going to be in a place for five years or greater, um, whether it's your job or your family, if something's keeping you there at least five years, think about investing in real estate, buying your first home, um, because then you'll at least have equity in something and um, you won't just be like renting, especially if you're in a place like I'm in Maryland and rent um, on the national level is high. But if you're on a, yeah, if you're in a place where rent is high and you can get a mortgage that's affordable, um, definitely look into doing that. More of those long-term things, I think in your early 20s, um, I, at least for me, I wasn't, I think you, you understand that you have so much time, but it catches up on you. Yeah, time and, um, runs out eventually. <laughs> yeah, and the, the sooner you start, the the more comfortable you get with it, and then you really do start building up that equity and making um, really great decisions for your future. So I would say, yeah, start start early. Yeah, well, that that sounds like really great advice. Uh, and before before you go, I would just like to ask if you have any parting comments, any import any important thing you just wanna you wanna put out into the world before you leave. Um. I would just, I really just want to reiterate the um, the fact that I do think people need to just relax a little around the talk of money. Um, if you're talking to your coworkers, asking them sort of, you know, how they go about saving. Just get or, rid of that taboo. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people um, just really get uncomfortable when speaking about money and that's okay. But I think it is because we leave with our emotions so much, our our um, our financial understanding is is tied to our emotions and yeah, our financial. How will we be able to eat the rich if we don't know who the rich are? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, so I, I would say that just open more conversations about it, and then also I would just like to thank you, Angelina. I think this is awesome that you're oh. talking about this subject. I think it's one that's important. Thank and, you. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed being here. Thank you for having me. Well, I, I'm going to let Tanya leave now. You know, I'm not going to hold her here any longer. <laughs> but that was all very informative. That was a great interview. I'm, I'm very glad that we got to go over all the information from someone who actually knows what they're talking about instead of me, someone who pretends to know what they're talking about. <laughs> so before we end this episode, because I, I want to talk about Real-world application, which we covered in the interview, but I want to leave you guys with resources to pursue financial education, and that will be in the description of the episode. I'm going to leave resources for improvement of financial literacy, for college savings, so if you want to pursue financial education, then I really encourage you to do that. It's something that's incredibly important, and I think if you take anything out of this entire series of episodes, it's to go educate yourself. You know, that's what I say for everything, but information is power. Knowledge is power, and that is, that's just true for most things, let's, let's be honest. Like, I just want anyone listening to understand that 
it is so important to be confident and stable in your own ability to support yourself. And while financial literacy, all this shit sounds boring as hell, taxes, equity, it's how you can support yourself as an independent human being. And so many people can get trapped in positions they don't want to be in because they are not educated on this for no fault of their own. But it is so important to be able to support yourself as an independent person. And I just want everyone to have that takeaway from this. So we've covered research questions, sources, theories, interviews, all that shit, everything. And it was great. I had a great time. I think everyone had a great time. If you didn't have a great time, don't tell me. Don't ruin this high. <laughs> but I just want to emphasize the importance of personal financial awareness. Just go and educate yourself, people. And thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to all this. If you're at the end of episode three, I can only assume you've listened to all of them because my tiny pea brain cannot comprehend the fact that people jump around episodes. And I refuse to uh, comprehend that fact. <laughs> but thank you everyone for listening and for spending your time educating yourself even a little bit about financial literacy, involving yourself in the conversation. And I hope to see y'all next time. Bye.